You're listening to Talking Creative, the podcast that helps voice directors, creatives, and production companies to make the most of their voice actors so they can create amazing content that everyone wants to hear. I'm Samantha Poffin, voice actor and director, and I know that directing voices can feel daunting and complicated. Where do I start? Should I just wing it? What if I say the wrong thing? I want to help you make sense of all that. If you make videos, ads, audiobooks, or anything with a voiceover, then this is the podcast for you. Ready to start talking creative? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. I'm Samantha Boffin, voice actor and director. Now, in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be looking at how to direct a TV promo session. When I describe myself as a director, it's promotions, really, that is my area of expertise. I mean, I have done adverts and documentaries, I've done short films and even audio dramas, and the odd bit of live TV. But the area that I'm most familiar with as a director, and the area I've worked in the longest, over 25 years, in fact, is TV promotions. And I even run workshops for voiceovers, all about voicing for promos, and for directors, about directing for promos. So I'm a little bit obsessed with it. Because I absolutely love this little niche of the voiceover industry. I love that it's so specific and so varied. I also love we don't just use a slide, because that would be easier, to be perfectly honest. We could just put up a slide and a picture and a caption saying what it is and when it's on, but it wouldn't be so compelling or interesting. And the point is, we don't do that, because promos are far, far better at drawing in and selling an idea to an audience. And I even love that I'm still worried about the future of promo. Because when everything works like Netflix works, which has a totally different way of navigating and finding programmes and films, I worry about how the audiences will find something surprising or unexpected that they're not already looking for. And at this point in the year, this is always a big moment for promo because we are on the cusp of a new season of programming on virtually every channel that's out there. And then we've got the long march to Christmas where loads of things happen in the next few months. But back to the matter in hand and we're going to look at how to direct a promo session. Now, I thought a good way of getting into this would be to run you through what I do in a session as a director – Now, of course, this is absolutely not the only way to approach a voice session. It just happens to be my way. But what might be different is that I also have my voiceover head on, which means that you'll get insights from both sides of the glass, as a director and as a voice. And whether you're directing in person or in a studio, with a voice actor actually coming in, or whether you're doing it down the line and remotely, It doesn't really matter, because the approach is very, very similar. We're just going to be concentrating on the recording session part of promo directing. We're not going to be looking at the planning of the session or the writing of the script, and we're not going to be looking at finding, choosing and booking the voice. 
This is simply the bit where we work directly with the voice artist to get the end result from them, to get their performance. And this is a very adaptable model. We're going to be looking at how to run a typical voice session. Because, of course, things are very variable in the promo world because it depends who you're working with, to be perfectly honest. And if you're working with, say, a small child or even a slightly older child, that will need a different approach. And working with an inexperienced voice of any age will have an even more different approach. And even, perhaps, working with a named talent that you've booked for a very specific kind of delivery. Think David Attenborough, for instance. If you have booked someone like David Attenborough, if you're lucky enough to book someone like David Attenborough, for a very specific kind of a read, then you're probably not going to want to gravitate very far away from what he or she gives naturally. But I am talking here about the vast majority of trails and promos when you're working with an experienced, versatile, professional voice. So let's assume as well that you have picked the right voice, because that is always a very good start. So let's start as the voice walks into the studio or beams in from their studio. So the first thing that would happen would be that you would give them the script. And pretty quickly, a nanosecond later usually, you'd say, and look, this is the promo. Do you want to have a little look before we get started? And then you play the promo. Now, you could be playing that with or without a guide voice on it. That's totally up to you. And that guide voice may well be you yourself. And to be honest, I don't think it really matters at this point whether you've left the voice in or you've taken it away. But the good thing about leaving it in, if you can bear listening to yourself, (laughs) is that the voice will be able to understand the shape of the trail, where they come in, and so it's a great shorthand for letting them know what you want from them. And if it's a really complicated promo, I would be inclined to say, do you want to hear it again? Before we start, do you want to have another look? And the reason I might ask them to do that is because the very first time through, well, they've only just seen the script. So they've got the script in one hand and they're watching the promo at the same time. So they're getting to grips with marrying those two elements together. And they're kind of going between the script and what they see on the monitors and hear on the speakers. And they're trying very hard to work out what they're saying, where they're saying it, and they're drinking in the tone of the piece. They're listening to the music. They're watching for certain things that are happening on screen that are going to be useful to them, that are going to inform their read. Now that is quite a complicated thing, so seeing a promo through a second time before they go into the booth is a really good idea, particularly, as I say, if it's complicated. The sort of things that they might be looking out for or listening out for, apart from the really obvious things like the music and the upsound, are things like the stab of music or a change of musical tone. Or they're going to be looking out for a blink of an eye or a gasp or a gunshot or any kind of punctuation that you have put in there that will enable them to eventually incorporate that into their delivery of your script. And to be honest, even if you've only got tags at the end, even if most of the promo is just music and upsound from the clips, even if it's just that, it is always worth looking at it from the voice's point of view, because they'll be able to see the tone of voice they need to adopt in relation to the script 
and in relation to the visuals and the music. So this is their first look. You know the promo backwards, upside down and sideways. You've been poring over it for ages, possibly weeks, but certainly for days. And they're going to be super interested in it. You are used to it, but this is their first time. So their first look and possibly a second look again if it's complicated. This will enable them to notice as well which lines are tight and where they have a bit of space and by all means, point out the interesting stuff that you want them to notice after they've seen it for the first time. And also, if you need to, at this point you can remind them who they're talking to in terms of audience. But don't blind them with too much information, because actually, what you're really wanting, first off, is just their natural read to it, what they've taken from it, and what they can give you back, so you know what you've got to work with. So, Then they'll go into the booth, then either sit down or stand up, whichever they prefer. They make themselves comfortable and the engineer will take some level from them. And then you do what I would term as the first pass. So you can reassure them they don't need to worry about the first pass. It's just the initial go through to try out the timings, actually, really, and to speak it out loud, to feel those words in their mouth and to look at the visuals and see pretty much where their voice lands within it. And you see what you've got to play with. I would try and avoid doing much directing at all at this point. They've already seen the promo. Now let them make their decision about how they would voice it. So this first pass is very low-key. It might even be a rehearsal, although the engineer may well record it, even though you'll all be pretending it's a rehearsal. (laughs) Because you never know, you might strike gold. Either way, this is the moment to ask them how they prefer to be cued. They might want a light, or they might prefer to take their cue from the music, but it's always worth asking them if they want to be cued, or whether they're comfortable with cueing themselves. And there could be a number of different cues in a single script. Some voice artists like to feel their way through it, and can use the music or the sound bites to jump from, but other voice artists, they like a little red light. So do ask at that point, because then it makes the whole session so much smoother. And in relation to the red light, this used to terrify me when I was first directing because I thought, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to do it in the wrong place. But you will get used to timing that red light. And the trick is to preempt the cue because there's obviously going to be a delay between you thinking about it, your finger, the light and the voiceover registering that light. So do practice that. You might need to cue yourself a couple of beats beforehand. Anyway, it's something you can practice and get used to. So, the first time through by the voice is highly unlikely to be perfect, but it is a really good start, so you, the engineer and the voice artist, can gauge where they are within it. It gives you all a starting point. And only then, really, can you start giving any feedback. And the first feedback often has to do with the timing Or it might be feedback that's to do with tone or style. If you're lucky, there'll only be one or two things to pick up on. But for my money, I tend to concentrate on only one area at a time. You're layering up a delivery here. And voices can really only respond to a few pieces of direction at once. 
I like to get the timing right first because that's really satisfying. It's really confidence boosting and you need to do it anyway. So you may as well nail that sooner rather than later. Give your voiceover very clear directions. Stuff like, now there's not much time in that second cue, so you'll need to come in super fast off the back of that soundbite. Or you've got a tiny bit more time on that fourth line, so maybe give it a beat before you speak or a beat between this word or that word, or use the gunshot as punctuation. Offer them just one suggestion, though. See if it works before suggesting other stuff. And remember, they aren't actually looking that intently at the screen. They're looking at the script. So if you're suggesting cues for them to bounce off, try to make sure they're reasonably audible ones. Experienced voices are usually red hot on the timing and actually have learnt to both look at the script and look at the screen at the same time. So they should be able to move swiftly onto the tone or style after only one or maybe two reads. To get the tonal performance is often a trickier thing, but there are lots of ways of tackling it. For instance, the music. The music is generally the most useful element in terms of giving clues to the voice about the tone and the pace. It informs everything, so the voice actor will take an awful lot from that. But sometimes they might need some extra cues. So draw their attention to the music if they are a little off-beam. If you need a particular softness or a snappier staccato read, and if the music is helping that, find a positive way of getting them to relate to the sound. Point out any switches in the music, any swells in the music, any silences in the music, because they can use all that to make a difference to their read. And so to the script. Now the words in the script can be really, really helpful, so don't be afraid to point that out. After all, you've written them for a reason. In the excitement of recording, sometimes stuff is missed or glossed over. For instance, if a script has a direct question like, what would you do, in it, it's worth pointing that out and also playing around with the delivery. What would you do? What would you do? What would you do? Now it can be really interesting to see how a slightly different emphasis can make a difference to the whole piece. It can also be useful to point out if a script is just a single but broken up sentence that needs to flow through the whole trail seamlessly. Again, occasionally things like that can be missed. So, their character. Now I've said it before in this podcast, every time you come to a script, the voice is always playing a role or a character. Now get them to mine the script for information on that, but again, always worth reminding them what their role is if you're up against it time-wise. So things like, you're a fly on the wall, you're a loner, you're like a big sister, or the friend they love to tour the Mediterranean with, you're a journalist, you're the guy next door. Perhaps, though, you simply want them to be more urgent or angry, more smiley or excited. Whatever it is, Give them really clear, precise directions, and not too many at any one time. Luckily, promos are simple little things, so there are probably only one or two things to nail in any one script. Not everything that I've been talking about. And hopefully, stuff that you can tackle in one or two passes. 
So then, timing first, then tone and performance. Now, the trick in the whole session is to keep the voiceover feeling upbeat and confident because there is nothing more soul-destroying than going through stuff and not really knowing why you're doing it again. So if you can give specific information as to why you're doing that particular part again or what wasn't working for you before, that's great. And if everything's wrong, and sometimes it is, layer it up by concentrating on one thing at a time. Once you have the body of the script finessed and in the can, you can then move on to the tags. Because the tags on a trailer are a slightly different ballgame. Unless, of course, you've only got tags. And if that's the case, (laughs) then obviously just concentrate on them. The tags are a tricky part of the trail because they all have to fit into a fixed space at the end. And there may be six or eight or ten or more tags. And the chances are that when you cut the trail, you didn't actually know what the information was going to be. And you kind of guessed at the space that you might need. And often you haven't left a big enough gap for the longest tag. So you're crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. In an ideal world, cut it comfortably to fit the longest tag you have though I do appreciate that is much easier said than done. But cutting longer is better because otherwise the voice artist is scrambling to shove all that useful information into what is too small a gap and then you have to speed it up or even cut extraneous words like on and the and at, out, in the session. But of course that is their skill to be able to flex and fit that gap and for it not to sound rushed, whether it's the longest tag, and to not make the shortest tag sound baggy and loose in the same space. But the other important thing with tags is, they aren't just about timing or even information. There is a rhythm to tags on a promo, and the rhythm is there for a really good reason. Because, let's be honest, so many people aren't actually looking or listening very intently to a TV promo. They're doing something else. They're on their phone or they're talking to the dog or they're making a cup of tea. So the familiar rhythm on the tag is almost like a little... It's like a little beacon that now says, you vaguely heard this going on in the background, you quite like some of the up sound and maybe even the music, but this is the bit you need to concentrate on because this is the bit that gives you the what, the when, and the where of it. So that's what a tag does. And there's a particular rise and fall to tags, and it can be more or less pronounced depending on the type of promo. So for instance, if you've got a Saturday night entertainment promo, you've probably got something like Michael McIntyre's The Wheel starts Saturday night at 8 on BBC One. But for something a little less urgent than Saturday Night Entertainment, you've got something that's a lot flatter, but it's still got a very similar rhythm. So something like... The Lost City, Tuesdays at 9, on Yesterday. So you've still got that rhythm. It's very much the, here is the title, on this day and this time, and on this channel. So it's very much got that feel to it. And the reason that, as I say, the reason that the rhythm is great is because it makes the viewers or the listeners tune in to that part. 
And we've mucked about with it in the past and we tried to mix it up a bit and put the channel in a different place and, you know, put the title of the programme at the end. But it never really works. And that's because that's the rhythm people are tuning into and are used to. And the other thing with tags is that they're very, very slightly different from the delivery in the main part of the trail. So you're sort of slightly upselling the information at the end. So, for instance, the voice could have been the voice of a frightened mother all the way through, or an overexcited doctor, or a super cool narrator. But whatever it is, they've had a certain role all the way through that promo for the body of the script. But at the end, it's very much like putting a very slight highlight on it. They're still that person, so you don't want to go too over the top. But you need to dial it up very slightly so that they're basically saying, this is the money information. This is what you need to listen to. Because otherwise, if they don't dial it up just a tiny, tiny smidge, it all becomes a little bit of wallpaper and just blends in to the rest of the promo. Now, I need to say at this moment, I always worry about saying that to a voice actor because I have had times where you've said that and they've dialed it up a hell of a lot and then it just sounds ludicrous because it sounds disembodied from the rest of the trail. So it's up to you whether you say it or not to your voice artist. But the reality is, if they're experienced, they can incorporate that very subtle sell but not sell idea on the tags. And that's great because it really lifts the end of the trail. It gives it a really good full stop and it allows the information to come through really, really strongly. And remember, that's the point of this promo. The point of the promo is that the audience knows that it's on, what the title is, and where they can find it. So that's the money information, basically. The beauty of a promo is that they're really quite short and sharp, so there is a real simplicity to directing them. Now, sometimes you will stack your promos in a session. You'll want to do five, six, seven, eight promos in one hour. Or you might have the luxury, the relative luxury, of having only one to concentrate on. But either way, whatever the way of doing promos is in your organisation, you will almost certainly be time poor. Because if you're in a session where you've just got one promo to direct, you've probably got to do all of the captioning, all of the mixing, all of the finessing, probably up to six, eight, ten different versions of the trail, and then maybe cutdowns as well, all in that hour. So time is always tight in a session. So when you look at all that stuff I've been talking about, the walking in, the handing over the script, allowing them to read through the script, playing the promo, playing it again, playing it once, twice, three or four times for them to voice to, once they're actually sitting in the studio itself and then moving on to the tags, well, you've pretty much got to get that all done within the first, well, 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. So you are on a bit of a time limit, but don't let that compromise the lovely nuances that you want to get out of your voice artist. And try really, really hard, even if you're up against it, try not to give them a line read. Because actually, you won't necessarily get the best end product from them if you do a line read, even if sometimes you think it might be expedient. Because they'll just be copying you they won't be really feeling it, and it won't necessarily be gelling with the other stuff that they're talking about 
within the script. So try and find other ways of getting them to say the lines in a certain way before you resort to a line read. Only do that if you're really up against it. And the other thing is, and I have definitely been in these sessions before, if it's not going right, if they literally cannot seem to get what you want, then step back and assess the situation and then just move on. Either do the best you can and accept this isn't going to be your best work, or better, finish the session gracefully and then book someone else. Because just because they're not right for that promo doesn't mean they won't work beautifully on a different one. So I think that that's probably it on looking at a promo directing session in detail. And my top takeouts of what I've just said are actually quite prosaic you need to choose the right voice in the first place that lifts and complements whatever you've cut and that will work for you in the right way. You need to leave enough space for them in the script to deliver in the way you need them to deliver. You need to be really clear and specific when you're giving feedback and you need to get them to sell but don't sell on the tags. Learning how to direct, understanding how to bring the nuances out in your voice artist really does take time to learn. So if you can watch someone else in a session, someone who you rate as a really good promo director, and you can watch how they deal with the voice artists and watch how they manage to pull different performances out of them, that is a really good thing to do. Particularly if you feel as though you're not quite there yet in terms of feeling comfortable about dealing with any voice artist or being able to get a performance out of them. And the better you get, then the easier all your sessions will become and you'll get more consistent with being able to direct in a way that really lifts what you've created. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. This was Talking Creative and I'm Samantha Boffin. And if you ever need my kind of voice for your kind of promo, then do give me a shout. My details are in the show notes, or you can find me on LinkedIn, along with more voice directing tips and tricks. So, until next time, bye. Thanks for listening to Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. If you enjoyed it, do leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media so other people like you can get the best out of their voice actors. And don't forget, you can head over to talkingcreative.co.uk for the whole series.